0: Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Give God a big praise this morning. He is so good. You can be seated today. We're glad you're here today. And in fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that and uh, glad to be back at Reach Paramount. Been been about three weeks and my wife and I took some time, got to see the grandkids in Texas, got to visit South Carolina and uh, I've been there and then got to be here this past week. It was kind of a stay vacation, kind of a honeydew vacation and just Honey, do this, honey, do that. No, she. we worked together. She did a lot of work as well, got some stuff done. Believe it or not, we've put our Christmas, all of our Christmas decorations up already. We've never done it this early. And so, anyway, that's a big accomplishment for us. But uh, it was a great time. I appreciate your faithfulness uh, during this time. Appreciate the pastoral team. They did a great job, our leadership team. And thank you. And it's uh, just good to be back this morning be able to preach uh, behind this pulpit and be with all of you guys miss being in church you just I feel like I've been gone for a long time it's only been like three weeks and so but good to see give yourself a hand thank you thank you praise God Uh, but this morning we're going to continue we've been on a on a sermon series called timeless and what we've been talking about is there's some values and some virtues in life that are timeless. There are no expiration dates on them. And I believe there are values that God wants us to hold. Values like respect. Values like trust. Values like responsibility. Uh, values like love and honesty. And we've been talking about several of these timeless values. And there's lots of people in the world today who will tell you it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what values you hold to, but I'm here to tell you it does matter, because your values will begin to shape you, they'll begin to mold you, and they'll begin to be who you are, and so I want to read a verse of scripture to you, kind of been a theme scripture uh, to this whole series, and it's found in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, most of us are familiar with this verse of scripture, I'm going to read it, and then we're going to just dive right into this message today. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. How many know that's difficult to do? It says, and lean not on your own understanding, which a lot of us, including me, always want to lean on our own understanding. But it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us as we get into this message today. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for the people of God that are sitting in this room and those that are watching. I pray, God, that your Word would just come alive in their hearts. Your Word would just begin to unfold in their spirit. And God, I pray that today, help me to convey your Word with clarity. And God, I pray today that they'll hear the voice behind the voice. I pray, God, today that your word is so real today, God. It's relevant to every area of our lives. And I pray that people will begin to relate to that and begin to realize, God, that they need the word in their hearts more than ever. So I pray for your anointing today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. And so this morning, I'm going to minister on a value that's kind of... I think all of us can relate to and it's the value of fairness the value of fairness and you probably learned this in preschool or in kindergarten where you had to learn how to be fair you had to share your toys you had to share your m m's make sure everybody got the right amount of m m's right and believe it or not this is the lesson that even in today's world as as adults we still need to learn the issue of fairness, because we live in a world today. Why be fair? Why do we need to be fair? Because there's a lot of people today that all they do is think about themselves. All they do is really what it's about me, and people just care about themselves. Why should I care about other people? And the truth is, most people in our society are really not trying to be fair. They're not trying to be fair to anyone else, and. How could we be fair in the world that we live in? And I'm here to tell you today that even the Bible is clear that life is not fair. How many have ever heard that before? Life is not fair. And there's a lot of truth to that because you're going to find in the Word of God, in fact, the Word of God doesn't hide the fact that life is not fair. Because we're not living in heaven. How many know this is the broken world? And as long as we live on this earth it's imperfect with imperfect people and there's going to be injustice there's going to be unfairness in life and things are not going to be fair you learn this very on very early on even children begin to learn this and they they seem to always be the one to say it's not fair how many have ever had your toddlers your your three or four year old you know his cookie's bigger than mine He's got more chips in his cookies than I do. You know, It's not fair. In fact, I was going to name this sermon, It's Not Fair. You know, uh, Why does she get to go to the movies and I don't get to go? And all these different things. And actually, one of the greatest lessons in life that you can learn early on is life is not fair. And there are things in the Word of God they're going to tell us today. In fact, as I begin to read the book of Ecclesiastics, one of the revelations in that whole book written by king solomon who was the wisest man that ever lived he made it a point to let everyone know right from the beginning life is unfair he said i've come to the conclusion that all the things that are happening in life all the things that are happening in the world today are unfair in fact he begins to say some things that really relate to the world that we live in it almost sounds like Solomon is talking about today's time. I'm going to read you a number of scriptures in the book of Ecclesiastics. And that's going to kind of be my focus today. Because most of us probably have never read the book of Ecclesiastics. Or really kind of studied it. But I'm here to tell you today, there's some revelation in there that's really going to help you. And you're going to begin to realize like, man, it almost sounds like today's time. Let me read you one verse of scripture here. Ecclesiastics chapter 3 verse 16. And he talks about it's unfair that criminals go unpunished. He said throughout the earth, justice is giving way to crime, and even in the courts are corrupt. How many know that's no different today? It's pretty current. In fact, it says in Ecclesiastes eight eleven when crime is isn't punished, people feel uh, it, it is safe to do wrong. How many know that's relevant? when they don't think that you're going to get punished for the crime that they're doing, when people don't think that there's going to be any of that. If you haven't been watching the news, if you haven't been on social media, you've been hearing about this a lot, where people realize that, you know what, I can commit a crime and I'm not going to be punished for it. It's unfair. If you begin to think about the unfairness of crime itself. Uh, Unfortunately, even in today's time, they seem to make laws that protect the criminal more than the victim. Can I preach this morning? I'm just, I just read the Bible. I'm just going to read you the Bible today and just kind of tell you that it's kind of relevant to what we're at today. I mean, people, you know, take years for court uh, things to go through, the process of that. And then by the time that happens and, and how many appeals and, and all these different things it look like criminals get away. Today we got criminals writing their own stories and selling them to Hollywood. And you're wondering, what? Where is the injustice in all of that? That's exactly what King Solomon is saying. If the criminals are going free, meanwhile, the victims are suffering. How unfair is that? The next thing he says is that the oppressed in the world are uh, people that are oppressed, are unhelped by anyone else. It says in Ecclesiastic chapter 4, verse 1 I saw all the injustice that goes on in this world. He said the oppressed were crying and no one would help them. The oppressors had power. If you know anything about human history today, you'll learn something very early on that people want to dominate other people. That nations want to dominate other nations. That people today want to dominate or manipulate others. It seems that to be like human nature in our world. If you read any, any amount of history, you'll find it's in human nature to want to dominate other people. They want to dominate a certain race. They want to dominate the weak. They want to dominate all of these people. You, we see it in our world today, even Russia and Ukraine. Again, I'm not getting political, but I'm just telling you today, this is part of human nature. Do you realize today that we don't get a lot of press, but uh, 90,000 Christian, 90 to 100,000 Christians every year are martyred for their faith in Christ. There's a lot of this that happens in Muslim nations and different places in the world. They're killed for claiming their faith in Christ. This is not fair. And then this is a lot of us, we can relate to this one. Politicians are unethical. Am I right? I mean, do I need to give you an illustration of all of the things that have happened in the last few years? There's scandals, there's cover-up, there's political influence, there's lying, and yet the Bible talks about the unfairness in this. Let me read you this scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 8, it says, if you see miscarriage of justice throughout the land, don't be surprised. For every official is under orders from higher up. In other words, higher up in that, in that government. So the matter is lost in red tape and bureaucracy. And another verse of scripture says, Ecclesiastes 5, 9, Even the king milks the land for his own profit. So we see this political Authority or this political corruption going on, even during that time. And Solomon said, it's unfair. I'll read you one more scripture here. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 5. There is another evil I've seen under the sun. It says kings and rulers make a grave mistake when they give great authority to foolish people and low position to people of proven worth. And as we're going into an election, again, I'm not getting political, okay? Just listen. Let me finish my sermon. But I want to make this point. Even in the world that we live in today, sometimes I look at the people that we have to, you know, we have a choice to elect and vote for. And I go, can we get any better in America? I mean, this is all the choices we have. I mean, really. I mean, I'm just being honest. Uh, Surely there's more choices than this. And I know that there's some godly leaders, but usually the godly leaders are not the ones that are promoted. Usually those that are promoted are those that don't have any integrity and don't have the popularity. How many can say amen? And so this is what Solomon is talking about. He said, we live in a world that's unfair. He's talking about the political scene. He's talking about all these different things. And even good people, listen to me, good people go unrewarded while the people who are evil prosper did that get you mad i just can i just get real can i be real this morning turn it say, so he's about to get real because i'm about to get real with you this morning i'm i'm going to share some things with you that it's always kind of baffled me but i not only baffled me but baffle you and we're always wondering, why doesn't God do something about it? Why, why do good people go unrewarded while often evil people get away with stuff and they prosper? Look at what he says in Ecclesiastic chapter 8, verse 14. Sometimes righteous people suffer for what the wicked do. And the wicked people get what the righteous deserves. Man, that gets me mad. It's like the crooks are getting away with it. Meanwhile, those that are doing the righteous things, uh, they're the ones that suffer the persecution. Have you ever seen these corporations that seem to be shady and, and they're doing things under the table and they seem to be prospering? They seem to be the ones that are doing better than the corporations that hold a good ethical standard. That they bother you sometimes, that even unethical salesmen... They're the ones that are closing the deal, while the guy that's ethical, he's the one at the bottom. Does it bother you that the dishonest people seem the ones to always prosper, and the honest ones do not? Does it bother you you that drug dealers, they get to live in the luxury houses, uh, and porno promoters, they, they live in the big houses, and then the people of God, the righteous people, man, they're barely making it. Does it bother you? How many would say it's not fair? That's right. Solomon's saying it's not fair. He's looking at life, and he says, why? Why is it that, you know, these uh, wicked people, these evil people, they're prospering, and yet the righteous people are not the ones? Have you ever been to a funeral? Listen to me. Have you ever been to a funeral where a good person or a young person has died when you can think of a dozen other people you rather see in the casket? Oh, it's about to get real. Come on, I'm about to get real. He said, man, I can think of about a dozen other people that could be there. And yet, this righteous person, this good person, why? And this is exactly what Solomon said. Listen to me. Listen to what he said. Ecclesiastes 7.15. It's unfair that some good people die young while some wicked people live on and on and on. So what is it about life? What is it? about this unfairness that we're talking about this morning, and yet God values fairness, but yet there's unfairness in the world. Yet these are all these things that are happening. I'm I'm being real with you this morning because I want you to understand the Bible does relate to our issues. It does relate to where we're at. It does relate to the things that we think about, and we often wonder, why did this happen? Think about this, capable people are often not as successful as those that are not capable. In other words, you can have this challenge and you can have this gifting and yet still not be, or still be unsuccessful. I think about, it. I love to watch this program and I'm often crying. My wife says, why are you crying? Because I'm, I'm, I'm always looking at undercover boss. When, when, when he finally tells them, you know, I was the guy, you know, he took off the wig and everything else. And, and he goes, hey, I was working with you. And then he says, I want to give you $20,000, you know. See, I'm already getting choked up. And the people are like, they can't believe it. <laughs> well, I just, the really reason why I want to watch it is, is because finally the boss finds out who really has the talent. Who really is the loyal employee. Who really Who really has the ethics. Meanwhile, you have this bozo manager in the wrong place. Are you with me? And this is the guy. And finally, you know, the, the guy that wasn't going to make it, he gets, a, he gets a break. But how many know we're not living in television today? There's a lot of people that have capability, that have gifting, but they never get the break. Look at what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9:11. In this world, fast runners do not always win the races. Why not? Wise men do not always earn a living. Intelligent men don't always get rich. I wonder what happened to me. And capable men (laughs) do not always rise to high positions. Now think about the fast runners. How many of you, I'm getting somewhere, folks. Just let me lay down this foundation. How many of you have ever watched these Olympic games where someone was, you know, he prepared all of this time to to run and, and discipline himself to uh, get prepared uh, to run this race for the Olympics. Maybe it was four years, maybe it was eight years, and he was just preparing. And all of a sudden, the day before he's about to run, during practice, he sprains his ankle or he rips a tendon. And you go, man, I can't believe it. This guy was going to be the Olympic champion. It's not fair, right? It says intelligent people do not always get rich. I think about that. You got some bright, intelligent people, but they're not always the ones that get the break. It's, it's the boss's son, you know, the, the bum that inherits the millions, uh, the ungrateful guy. Am I, are, you, are you with me today? He's the one. It's, this guy's more intelligent. Today, a boxer gets more money than a nurse who's taking care of people, than a teacher who's training up our children. These guys that can throw a little ball in a little hoop, they get more money. Are you listening to me? You guys are, you know, I'm just telling you, it's not fair. Don't get mad at me. These celebrities, these people, I'm thinking to myself, life is not fair. And so the bottom line, listen to me, Solomon is saying, life is not fair. How many of you, you've been passed up in positions. They, they, you didn't get the promotion because you're not the manager's buddy. Because you 're not the boss 's friend, you didn't get up you didn't you got passed up that position because of your ethnic ethnicity or your, uh, because you 're a woman or because uh, you're a certain type of person. Listen to me so why listen to me, why does God allow unfairness in the world? Why is it why doesn't God just make everything right? Why doesn't God just bring take care of all the injustice? in the world. How many have ever questioned that? How many have ever had that question? Why doesn't God just take care of all the injustices? Why doesn't God just make it all fair and take care of all these people? Why, why doesn't he just do all of that? And I'm going to give you a few reasons why to give you a perspective of why the unfairness is in the world today. And it the way it is and I'll tell you why. Number one, write this down. If there's ever time you need to write some notes, write this down because he gives all of us the freedom of choice. Now, a lot of you are saying, why does that matter? Uh, Deuteronomy eleven twenty six says, I'm giving you the choice between blessing and curse and a curse. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to let you choose what you want to do in life. And so from the very beginning of the word of God, in the book of Genesis, God created man and he gave him the ability to make his own choice. In other words, the Bible says that he made man in his image. Why is man different than animals? We are different than animals because we have a spirit and a soul. We have the ability to talk to God. We have the ability to communicate with God. An animal does not. You've never seen animals, you know, uh, you know, uh, fold their hands and pray. Uh, maybe in, in American Home Video. But, ne- but in reality, they're not praying. They're just imitating, right? Uh, you never see an animal, animal trying to talk to God. You never see a cow come in and give an offering. They, they don't do that. And so all of us today, uh, it, it, animals don't, are not created... In the image of God, they don't have a spirit and a soul, but we do. And therefore, we have the freedom to make moral choices. In other words, we know right from wrong. Animals know by instinct, basically for survival, between survival and death. But they can't choose morally between right and wrong. And so because we have the freedom of of free choice... Because we have the freedom to choose, there's also the consequences to that freedom. What you don't have the right to choose or what you don't have the power to choose is the consequences to the choices that you make. Because many of us, let's just be honest, are selfish and our selfishness will hurt other people. Our our self-centeredness, because we're only thinking about ourselves most of the time, is going to hurt other people. Now, why does God allow, allow this? Because God wants people that love him genuinely, that choose to. He didn't make you a puppet on a string, Right. He didn't make you a robot. You're not forced to love God, but he wanted the people that love him from their heart and follow Him out of their own choice. And therefore the choices that we make have consequences and affect other people. And this is why there's injustices in the world today. See, God wants people to love him, not like a prearranged marriage. I want you to love him from your heart from your soul. And this causes problem in the whole world today because a lot of us today, we make the wrong choices. How many have ever made some wrong choices in your life? For instance, let me just tell you that if I decided today that I'm going to smoke some dope, pop some pills, you know, I'm not doing that, okay, guys? But if I decided to drink, and I decided to go out and get into my car, and I hit someone in a minivan, and I kill a whole family, it's not God's fault, it's my fault. Right? I decided to do that. This is where people blame God. God did No, no. I did that. I made that choice. So if God takes away the injustice in the world, he would take away your freedom of choice, and we're not living in a real world then at that point. But because we live in a real world, there's going to be death. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be unfairness. How many get what I'm saying today? And so when we say we want God to right all the injustices in the world, what we're saying is you want God to take the freedom of choice away, and you don't want that. Number two... Because God is going to settle. The reason why God allows injustices in the world. Because God, listen to me, write this down. God is going to settle the accounts one day. Yeah, How many believe that? That there's going to be a day where God will settle the score. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 17 says, In due season God will judge everything a man does. In due season, tell someone, in due season. God's going to straighten out the books in the end. See, right now is not the final chapter. The books have not been closed. God has not balanced the books yet. But don't forget, one day, God's going to judge. He's going to judge you. He's going to judge every person in the world will be judged. The Bible says he saw the small and great stand before him. And so we're going to be judged for the good, the bad, and some of us are ugly. No, and the ugly, right? And the ugly. And the, and the ugly things that we've done. He's going to judge that, right? And this is why we need to realize we need a Savior. He's going to judge. Let me, let me read you this scripture, uh, uh, Revelation 20, 11. Look at what it says. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from his face the earth and the heavens fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the small and the great, standing before God. All the stars, all the rock stars, all these people, that the kings of the nation, they're all gonna be standing. And it said the books were open, then another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works, as recorded in the books in other words he's going to balance things out one day this thing is going to be settled he's going to right the wrongs in eternity uh injustices or justice i should say will be measured out and fairness and severity will go out so there may not so there there may not be justice here on earth but there's going to be justice in heaven There may not be justice in the score may not be settled here, but I can tell you, it will be settled. The Bible says that God is just. Now, it is not defined, a lot of people define justice as fairness, God is just in the way he is just. He's not, he's not just in the way we want him to be just. You know, we want to pray and say, God zap him, God take care of him, God put him, that's not, that's not, that's not how God works. Uh, The truth is, evil people get away with things. The truth is, uh, rights are violated. The truth is, there is injustice. The truth is, you're going to be treated unfairly. And guess what? And nobody will correct them. We live in that kind of world today. Think about all the people in, in, in history. Think about the 6 million Jews that were uh, exterminated by Adolf Hitler. Think about all these people that did the injustices. But can I tell you? In due time. In due time. Number three, the reason why God allows the unfairness in the world is because he wants to show us that we need a savior. See, if you don't think you need a savior, you're just going to go on and on. If you think you got it all together, man, I'm going to do everything. If you think, man, all of that, you'll never think you need a savior. But friend, it doesn't take you long to say, man, my life is a mess. No matter what I do, I need God. It shows us that we need a savior. See, here's the problem in our society today, that most people think that humans are inherently good. We live in a society that said, oh, you know what, we're basically pretty good. You know, inside, you know, he's got a good heart. Everybody's basically good. And what, you know, what makes us kind of bad is the environment that we're in. But we're basically pretty good people. Can I tell you, that's a fat lie. Anyone who has children knows your kids are born with selfishness. You don't have to train them, am I right? You don't have to teach a toddler to be selfish. They are automatically selfish. Mine. Uh, when they're a baby, they cry, feed me. You, uh, I need f- food right now. I need attention right now. Am I Right? I mean, these babies, man, they just cry. And you better, you better take care of them or you're going to hear this noise for a long time. Man. You, better, you, better, you better tend that baby. You, better, you know, this toddler, man, he'll throw a fit and he'll throw things and not want things and spit things out. Am I right? They, they learn selfishness right away. They learn how to lie. Toddlers will lie, man. Did you do that? No. That, that, so don't tell me that human beings are inherently good. They, 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 they have a sin nature right from the time they're born into the toddler age. I, I remember hearing this story about this pastor who was trying to teach his children to tell the truth, and his daughter hit his other daughter, and the other daughter said, "She hit me." And they came out out of the room and he said, "Did you hit her?" And the other daughter said, "No. I didn't hit her. He goes, "Did you hit her?" He's trying to teach her, "Tell me the truth." And she's going, "No." How did she get hurt? She goes, I don't know. She's like, I don't know. Finally, the mom's kind of observing from the side what's going on. And so he finally, she finally told the little daughter, what hand did you hit her with? This one right here. <laughs> See, what happens is all of us, we, we inherently, we're, 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 not, we're not good. Not, not what society's telling us. We're not basically good. We don't want to call it sin, but we're sinners. A lot of us said, I'm not perfect, but I'm not a sinner. No, you're a sinner. And all of us today, we have this selfishness about us. And all of us, no matter who you are, we have this inherent... Selfish, selfishness in us. And when we deny that, when we try to say we don't have it, I mean, think about what's going on in our world today. You'll see the selfishness of people. Not only do you see the selfishness of people, but without God, people act like animals. I mean, if you haven't been around the last few years, man, you, you see how people get when there's chaos. Man, they start fighting each other and this selfish nature comes out of them, and it's about me, 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 and what I want. A lot of you say, I'm not that selfish. Let's just be honest. We, you're always thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about me. You're thinking about yourself. Am I right? If I took a picture right now of you said, I'm going to post it, and I want to show you. Can I post it? All of you, the first person you're going to look for is yourself. Am I smiling? Am I, am I, am I, am I looking good? You know, oh, no, no. No, delete that, Pastor. No, we can't post that. Right? Because we're selfish. All we're thinking about is ourselves. And I'm selfish just like you're selfish. All of us are. We're thinking about ourselves. And yet God's telling us, you know what? The reason why God allowed this stuff, because God is testing our character. Look at what it says in Ecclesiastes 3.18. God is letting the world go on its sinful ways so he can test mankind. And men will see that they are no better than beasts. Humans without God start to act like animals. Am I right? If you believe in evolution, you shouldn't have a problem then that you're an animal anyway, right? So just think about that. Right? So God says, uh, you know, if, if I'm not in your life, that's why we have to realize we need a Savior. If you're not, if he's not in your life, we'll tend to act like some, something else. We we'll tend to act uh, in ways that are selfish and not godly. Throughout, the, uh, throughout history, again, you know, you see all these genocides. You see P- holocaust. You see all these things happening because man is not inherently good. Thank God that he doesn't give us what we deserve, but he gives us what we don't deserve, grace and mercy. Thank God for that today. So he lets this happen. So that we can realize today we need a savior. The fourth thing is he allows this to happen so he can build character in us. Now character is never built by easy things. Character is built in tough times. Look at what the scripture says. Suffering in Romans 5, 4. Suffering produces character. Now I should, I should add this. I should change that. And said, uh, suffering can build character. Because I, I know a lot of people that go through suffering, it doesn't make them better, it makes them bitter. So I should say suffering can build your character if you let it. There's, tough, there's suffering and struggle that people have gone through in life, and instead of producing something good in them, they become cynical, they become dried up, they become bitter and mad... Many of them turn to addictions, and instead of the suffering and the struggle that they've gone through, it does not automatically build character. It depends on how you respond to it and what choices you make concerning the suffering and the struggle that you're going through. I've seen people suffer. I've seen people go through some struggles in their life, man, and I've seen them become better, not bitter. You, it's built character in them, it's built this faith in them, it's built this ability uh, in their lives where they see uh, hope in, in hopelessness, where they see victory. Where it doesn't, and I've seen them go through some unfair experiences in life and be able to get through. And yet, I've seen other people that go through the unfairness in life and say, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why did, why did my husband walk out on me? Why did my wife walk out on me? Why, did, why, why this illness? Why this death? Uh, I got dealt a bad hand. Maybe, maybe some of you, you have a friend that stole from you. You've had a friend that backstabbed you. You had, some, you had a teenager that you gave to that teenager, but he turned on you. Maybe, maybe a parent that mistreated you or a relationship uh, someone died in that relationship or a boss that took advantage of you. All of these things that we face in life that are unfair and we're wondering why. And instead of making us better, we become bitter. And can I help you today? I want to just tell you today, life is unfair, but man, with God, you can make it. Can you say amen? With God, you can make it. So how do we get through this unfairness And become fair in our heart toward other people. And write this down. We have to accept the unfairness in a graceful way. And what I mean by that is we have to be able to not be surprised by the unfairness. But take it graciously and say, God, regardless of what's happening, you still love me and you still care about me. Look at what Jesus said. He said this in the book of John. He said, in this world you will have trouble... He said, don't be surprised at the terrible trouble which comes to test you. Don't think that something strange is happening to you. That's the book of James. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Happening to you. But be happy that you're sharing in Christ's suffering so that you will be full of joy when Christ comes again. Jesus said in the book of John, he said, in this world you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So he's saying to you and I, there's going to be hurt. There's going to be pain. There's going to be all of these things. But be of good cheer, I'm with you. I've overcome it. I'll help you through it. How many can say amen? And I think the second way we need to respond to the unfairness in in, in the best way we can, in a loving way, and how do we do that? What do you mean by that? Uh, You know, when people hurt us, we tend to want to hurt back. When people are unfair to us, we tend to want to be unfair to them. If you remember the series before this one, it's keeping score. When people do something to us, we're, we're really, we, we keep score. Oh, you did that to me? I, I got you. I'm writing you in my book. I'm, I got you, man. I'm, I'm going to get you back. And yet, that's not the scripture, right? That's not the word of God. Yet, when we look at what Jesus is talking about, Love your enemies. Love those that despitefully use you. This becomes a, he's, talk, he's talking about us taking the higher ground. And instead of responding in retaliation and in hurting back, it's basically responding in love. Matthew chapter 5 says, love your enemies and pray for those who hurt you. Yeah, I'm going to pray for that guy. That's for sure. I'm going to pray that, you know, think something happened to him. No, he says, Pray. Pray for them. Ask God to help them. Ask ask God to turn their heart uh, uh, toward him. Uh, And so over and over, we find that people uh, will hurt us and how we respond to them. I was reading about Booker T. Washington, who was a a slave, and he said this. This was a man man who had been enslaved, and he, he made this quote. He says, I will never allow another man to control my life by allowing him to make me hate him. He said, I'm not going to allow somebody to control me and control my emotion by causing me to hate him. I'm not going to have hate. That's how you respond to unfairness. You know, no matter what you do to me, you're not going to make me hate you. In fact, I'm still going to love you. Man, that's pretty powerful. I would say that's Christianity, isn't it? I, I can't control the unfairness. I can't control all the bad things that have happened, but I can control my emotions, and I can respond lovingly instead of hatefully. Somebody say amen. amen. Over and over, we read, even in history and in Scripture, of men that were, suffered persecution, that went through unfairness. Another man that I've read about, uh, most of us know him, Dr. Martin Luther King. And he made this statement, he said, yes, it is love that will save our world and our civilization, love even for enemies. And then he said this, Jesus was very serious when he gave this command. He wasn't playing. He realized that it's hard to love your enemies. He realized that it's difficult to love those persons who seek to defeat you those persons who say evil things about you. He goes, and I still believe that nonviolence is the most potent weapon available to oppress people in their struggle for freedom of human dignity. He said, this method has, has a way of disarming the opponent. It exposes his moral defenses and it weakens his morale. He said, when you respond in love, and in nonviolence, if you, you know, most of us know about Dr. Martin Luther King and all the things that happened to him and what he stood for, civil rights, all of that. And again, all of the things he was able to still love, even when he was hated. Jeremiah chapter 22 said, be fair minded, do what is right, help those in need. So what do we need to be doing? Despite the hate, despite the unfairness in the world, we still need to be fair with people. We still need to love people. We still need to treat people good, even though we're being treated bad. Number three, write this down. Wait for God and ask God for help. 1 Peter chapter 2 A person might have to suffer even when it's unfair, but if he thinks of God and stands the pain, God is pleased. I believe that in our unfairness, in times of injustice, when we do the right thing, God will bless us. How many can say amen? My pastor used to tell me, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I remember telling him, I was, I was mad over a situation. I would say, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go do the right thing. I go, do the right what? He goes, do the right thing. I go, why? Because it's the right thing to do. Because it's the right thing to do. Do the right thing. I've seen a lot of injustices in his life. I've seen a lot of wrong done to him, but yet he did the right thing. 1 Peter 4, 19 says, If you're suffering according to God's will, keep on doing what is right and trust yourself to, to the God who made you, for he will never fail you. Sometimes we're never going to get an explanation as to why all the wrong has been done to us, why things have been unfair. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll stand, Maybe when we get into eternity, we'll find out. But I know this. We may not find that answer. But I can tell you that God will help you through the unfairness in your life. And if you treat people right, I believe you'll reap it. If you be fair to people, it'll come back to you. Second Peter 5.17, and I'm going to close. These temporary troubles, the one that you, right now, that are winning for us, are, are, are winning for us a permanent reward. All of our portion, or all, all out of the portion to our pain. In other words, this is temporary. There's a the reward that's coming. How many can say amen? So I pray today. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for this church. I want to pray for people. Maybe you're dealing with unfairness and calling you to say, you know what, people have done me wrong. I'm going to do them wrong. Or maybe it's caused you to be a little burned out and say, man, I've been doing right. I've been doing the right thing, and yet people are still treating me wrong. Can I tell you, don't stop doing right because it's the right thing to do. So let's pray. Father, just bar heads for just a moment. Father, I pray right now. Lord, you're the God of justice. You're the God today that's going to settle everything. Lord, we, we don't deserve mercy, and yet you give us mercy. We don't deserve grace, but you've given us grace. And Lord, your word said that mercy triumphs over judgment. So I pray today, help us to have mercy even when we've been treated unfairly. Help us, Father, to give justice even when we've had injustice. And so God, I pray today, Lord, for grace, strength in people's lives that are in this congregation. Lord, because I know that there's not one single person in this building that has never experienced unfairness. In fact, Lord, I know people in this place right now, God, that have been treated unfairly. That things have been done, injustices have been done to them. And God, I pray today that it's not making them bitter, but better. I pray, God, today that they'll come out of it better than they've ever been. I pray that you'll help them right now the holy spirit i pray for this congregation and your people right now in the name of jesus with every head bowed every eye closed for just a moment as you're sitting in this room and maybe you're listening online right now if you're in this room right now and you've never given your life to jesus i want to encourage you today i want to just tell you today that there's a god in heaven that loves you that he cares about your life That if you think life has been unfair to you, think about the unfairness that Jesus experienced on your behalf. The Bible says he died for our sins, not for his, but for ours. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So God gave his best for you, his only son for you. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. There's no fairness in that. He died while we were yet sinners because he knew we couldn't get our act together. We needed a Savior. So, friend, if anyone knows the injustices of Jesus, one moment they were celebrating him, the next moment they were saying crucify him. One moment they were saying how great he was, the next moment they're spitting on him. And yet he took upon the sins of the world. He died for our sins today that you can be forgiven. That your life can be changed. That he knew you'd be in this place at this moment. And today he's reaching out to you in his love and his grace. So if you're in this room right now, whoever you are, be honest with God. Be honest with yourself right now. Say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. I'm not belittling your pain. I'm not minimizing the unfairness in your life. I'm saying to you there's the God in heaven that can help you. And he knows how you feel. He knows what you've gone through. And today, he wants to save your soul. He wants to change your life. He wants to help you today. Today, if you'll be honest with God, say, Pastor, I need, I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus in my life today. No matter who you are, what walk of life you come from, how old, young you are today, you need Jesus. I'm telling you, you need the Lord today. You're lost without him. You need God in your life today. And today, he's given you the freedom of choice. You can choose him today. So I pray right now that you'll choose the Lord. That's you right now. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Would you just raise your hand right now? Say, that's me, right? That's me. I need the Lord in my life. Just raise your hand real quick. Say, that's me. Whoever you are in this building, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. I need God in my life. I don't want you to leave this building without the opportunity to receive Jesus in your life. You can't do it without him. Friend, you're gonna you're you're gonna walk through life without Christ. And I'm telling you, it's hopeless. There's there's nothing out there that'll fill your life. Only he can. Is there anyone right now in this room that said, That's me, I need God in my life, I need Jesus in my life today? Just raise your hand. Maybe you were once walking with God. Maybe at one time you had Jesus and you were walking and serving, but you need to rededicate your life to him. Just raise your hand right now and say, That's me. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord today. Who are you right now? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. I don't want you to leave here without him, friend. I I believe God loves you, cares about you today. Raise your hand right now if you haven't. Say, I need the Lord in my life right now. Anyone at all. I I don't want to miss this opportunity today. Anyone at all, all over this room. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you today, Lord. We thank you today. Why don't we all stand together right now? Why don't we all stand together? And we're just going to take a moment to worship. And then I'm going to open this altar. Because I believe there's some people here. You've had some injustices in your life. You've had some unfairness. And you know, it, it, you've been battling it. If you just be honest with God, you, it's kind of been a struggle. You, you, you've said some of the things that I said today. Why? Why? why this is not fair. You've said that. It's not fair. And I'm here to tell you, life is not fair. But can I tell you that God is here to help you in this broken, unfair world. Don't get bitter. Get better. Let God help you through it. It reminds us that we we live in a broken world and we need a Savior. And all of us today, we need that in our lives today. So they're going to lead us in a worship. We just... Just worship with us in just a moment. And I'm going to open this altar in just a moment. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.